Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at Remax Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now, welcome to After 9. Thank you for uh, downloading this episode. We're going to jump right into it. And kind of like we've been doing for the last couple of days, we're going to talk a little trucker protest, a little bit of COVID first. And then in the second half, we're going to talk about some of the fun, lighthearted shit that we love so much. So by all means, if that's all you came for, you just go ahead. You scooch right over. We understand fully. Some people are done with it and I get it. I get it too. Some days I am. I'll be completely honest with you guys. Some days I don't even want to talk about it. I don't care to even talk about it, but there are some things worth mentioning and that's what we're here for. And there are people who did come to hear that the latest, they want, they want to know what's going on. And that's what we're here for too. We've known for a while now, and I'm going to be completely frank with you guys. I do not think that Justin Trudeau is a patriot. I don't think Justin Trudeau means what he says, and he certainly doesn't do what he says he will. He is really, really, really leaning into the concept that became very mainstream when Donald Trump was president, divide. The best way to win is to divide. You, in order to be the good guy, the savior, the hero, the one that everyone looks up to, have to create a bad guy. And you can look at it from a WWE standpoint. You can look at it through a Disney lens, but there's always a bad guy for every good guy. And if Justin wants to be the good guy in the battle against COVID, he has to make the truckers the bad guys. And it's unacceptable. He's been using such divisive rhetoric to try and get Canadians pitted against Canadians. And he is going off the deep end now. I want to play for you. What he responded yesterday when asked at a news conference about the trucker convoy. Listen to this. The man in charge of uniting and moving forward our country. Listen to what he said. It's important to underline that close to 90% of truckers in this country are vaccinated. Like close to 90% of Canadians. Over the past many months and years now, Canadians have stepped up to protect each other, to protect our frontline workers, to protect our elders, to protect our young people, to protect people like truckers who are putting food on our grocery store shelves. That's right. The truckers should be looking up to the vaccinated folks and thanking them for their sacrifice. There's more. Canadians have stepped up to do the right thing to protect the freedoms and the rights of Canadians to get back to the things we love to do. That's one of the most backwards things I've ever heard in my life. We're all locked down, Justin. All of us are. We stepped up and did the right thing to get back our freedoms and rights? Give me a break. We know the way through this pandemic is by getting everyone vaccinated. And the overwhelming majority, close to 90% of Canadians, have done exactly that. That's misleading. The small fringe minority 
of people who are on their way to Ottawa or who are uh, holding unacceptable uh, views uh, that they're expressing do not represent the views of Canadians who have been there for each other, who know that following the science and stepping up to protect each other is the best way to continue to ensure our freedoms, our rights, our values as a country. Next question. Yeah, that uh, the girl who always says next question, she cut him off quick. Hmm. Right to the next one. <laughs> Get off this topic. Is he that disconnected from reality that he doesn't realize the epic scale of how many people not just are going to Ottawa this weekend, but regular people, regular people like you and I that, that wouldn't go to a protest, but fully support these truckers? Does he not see how many people are looking to these truckers as a sign of hope, a sign of optimism, and with nothing but pride? People that are willing to put their lives on hold and their livelihoods on hold voluntarily to go and stand up for what they believe in. He's doing exactly what he what we assume he would do. He's defending himself. There's a reason why they're going to Ottawa. They're marching up to his door. They're talking about him. So, of course, he's going to go out of his way to let people know that he's not okay with that. He's not going to just be like, yes, come one and all. I will stand there and I will give you the stones to throw at me. It's fine. He's not going to say that it's a good idea. We didn't expect that from him. I don't I don't think that what he's any of what he said is surprising coming from his mouth whatsoever. I mean, obviously, he's going to say he doesn't love it and it doesn't reflect the majority of people. I couldn't tell you if it reflects the majority of people because there's not a lot of polls that tell you one way or the other if people are for or against this. Mm -hmm. We don't know. We know there are Facebook groups. We know the they represent at this point. I think the biggest one represented like one point seven percent of Canadians on the Facebook group. And I'm not saying that's how much that's how much uh that people are behind them. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that's what we know. We know that there's lots of people going there. And this is from someone who says, yeah, I mean, go ahead, protest what you do, what you want to do. I, I, I'm good with that. But you, you know, you, you can't expect him to be like, yeah, majority of people are doing it. And majority of people are probably right. I wasn't expecting that. I, I like, I don't really care. But what he said was just, he had to say. He called them a fringe minority. And he's just going to lean into it and he's going to keep stoking the divide. The people that go to Ottawa this weekend are anti-vaxxers. They're the ones who are holding you back. They're the reason that you can't get your surgeries. And frankly, nothing could be further from the truth. Yeah. Many of the people that are going are fully vaccinated. Many of the media that are actually talking about it, like us, we're fully vaccinated. There is a lot of people that want to get behind these truckers because these truckers are fighting to end the mandates. I'm so tired of people thinking this is a black and white situation. This is there's so much gray area in in all of this. It's not an anti-masker, anti-vax or non. That's not how it is. Right. Like, and I'm so sick of seeing that. Like, you post an article about something, somebody wants to call you an anti-vaxer. Like, no, that's not the way it is. That's not it at all. And you can ha- you can say that you are for mandates um, when it comes to masking, for example. But uh, maybe you're not okay with people being told you can't have a job unless you're double double vaxxed, you know, or, or don't like the vax passport or whatever. 
you are allowed to have different opinions on different things. You don't have to be one thing or the other. I don't feel I am one thing or the other. I feel I have different opinions depending on the climate, depending on what when we're looking at these numbers, what it looks like, and not. I feel we're at a stage where we could probably go without the vax passports, but I definitely want to keep the mask mandate in place. I'm allowed to have a differing, differing thoughts depending on what we're talking about. So don't paint everybody with one brush. I don't like that. I think what Justin's trying to imply and saying without saying is that because 90% are vaccinated... Those 90% support everything we're doing. Maybe in his head he's talked himself into that, or maybe it's some sort of a weird strategy, but the prime minister needs to get it through his head that just because someone made the choice to get vaccinated does not mean they support people losing their jobs, people losing their livelihood, people getting cut off from EI, people being treated like second-class citizens. I have no problem admitting that I'm fully vaccinated, Yes, that means two shots, fully vaccinated, and I do not accept people getting fired and losing their jobs over this. And frankly, that's where Justin overplayed his hand. He went way, 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 way too far with the whole firing people stuff and cutting them off from EI. And that's where we lost it. That's where he really made people stop and say, hold on a second here. This isn't what I signed up for. I still call it un-Canadian, and nobody is at the top of the un-Canadian food chain higher than Justin Trudeau. And now the breaking news of this morning, wouldn't you know it, with all those protesters, the tens of thousands that are going to Ottawa this weekend, Justin Trudeau has been a close contact of a COVID case and must go into isolation. Mm -hmm. He's going to hide away. Well, That's very convenient timing, isn't it? Nobody's expecting him to be in those parliament buildings. He has many times for protests acknowledged protesters he let's go back to last summer the the black lives matter rallies he went and took a knee with the protesters sure at that one oh yeah that was for for a totally different cause and very very different circumstances i don't expect him to go and take a knee at the trucker protest but i would expect him to uh acknowledge how many people are there and how many people feel the way they feel You can't write off all those people as a fringe minority. In fact, it's very patronizing to say something like that. And when it comes to their unacceptable views, how did nobody ask a follow-up question on that? Which specific views do you find unacceptable, Justin? Do you find it unacceptable that there's people out there who don't agree with mandates? Do you find it unacceptable that there's people out there who are fully vaccinated that still think those who made the choice to be unvaccinated should have rights? Is that an unacceptable view? Because it's different from yours. Or do you want to just call it out? There's some hate speech out there. There's some violence being threatened out there. That is an unacceptable that's view. That's the part that I was thinking is, and if that's the case, absolutely, you have to make that clear. I don't like that either. I told you, I saw some really poor rhetoric happening on those comment sections and those pages that I know that's not what the point of the page is for. That's not what the point of this rally, of this convoy is for. But you have the odd person who's going to say shit like that. There's always going to be those rotten apples in every bunch. Always. But hopefully the the majority are going to be peaceful and do all the things that they came to do. And I, my, my worry is that I don't, nothing's going to be done from it. That's my worry is that I, like I hear, I hear what everybody's saying for this. I, I don't love it either, but I feel like him being Trudeau 
saying, yeah, you're right. It's never going to happen. So it's, well, I, I worry about that. I agree with you in that it's not likely it's going to change Justin Trudeau's mind, but a lot of momentum comes out of things like this. And mm-hmm. whether Justin says, you know what? I see how many people are here. I realize this is a concern. I'm going to reevaluate our response to COVID. That would be the right answer. And maybe he comes back to the same conclusion. But that many people should at least trigger in his cabinet a review of what we're doing. As long as it goes well. If it goes well. the key. But what this can also do is, like I said, momentum shifts. There's already been a massive shift. And it's happened in the last six weeks of people who have jumped off the train. People who said, I I don't like what we're doing right now. I don't like where we're going right now. There's also people who are very frustrated at the fact that we were told vaccination is the way out of this and we're still locked down. As we sit here right now, tens of thousands of businesses across Canada are closed. And I realize that one wasn't Justin's decision. That one was Doug Ford's decision. But it doesn't change the fact that a lot of people have opened their eyes to this stuff and they're changing their minds. They're evolving to a different place that I think is very centrist. It's kind of where I am right now, too. I've looked at my own risk, and I'm looking at them really, really, really hell-bent on putting a needle in my arm again for the third time in six months, and I don't think that that's for me. And there's other people who are making that decision, and it's reflective in the booster numbers. So for Justin to come out there and shame everybody that disagrees with him all in the name of trying to create his legacy and cement it even further with that wild left-wing establishment, it's wrong. You cannot come out as the divider-in-chief. You're the uniter-in-chief. And frankly, this opens up a door. Uh, Doug, I don't know where you stand on this trucker thing because you haven't said a word about it. From what I hear, his daughter's going. Okay, well, that, that should surprise nobody. Uh, But, I mean, where is Doug on this? Because Doug, at the beginning, was very front and center on the truckers. This is happening in Doug's province. Doug is responsible for a lot of the mandates that we deal with on a day-to-day basis. If nothing else, maybe Doug looks at this protest and says, it really is time to review how we're handling this. And now he's got the evidence he needs. There was a narrative sort of floating around at the end of last week about... Uh, I, I believe it was some of the Toronto Sun writers, and I know not everybody likes the Sun or their their writers, but uh, hear me out on this. This is what their point was, that part of the job that public health has right now is to try and lower the temperature, to de-escalate some of it, because there's a lot of people that are pro whatever the government tells them to do to fight the battle against COVID that th- still think that we're in a war and that the enemy is Omicron. And they're very, very, very loud and vocal about keep those restrictions in place. Schools are not safe. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't be going for indoor dining. They want life to stay locked down until there is no more COVID. Kind of used to refer to them as the COVID zero folks. Maybe they still are. That's basically the theme. Well, there's a new survey that came out and it was done by Leger and the Association for Canadian Studies. It was published in yesterday's National Post, and it paints a really clear picture of the divide. You know, Justin can come out and say 90% are vaccinated, so 90% disagree with the truckers, and that's not the case. Let me break it down for you. 67% of people with a booster dose are afraid of contracting COVID-19. Think about that. 67% 
Okay. These are people that have the maximum protection that the government says you can have. 67% of them are still afraid of COVID. Sure. Amongst the people that have had two doses, only 52% are afraid of COVID. Mm -hmm. Look at that divide between the people who have gone out and got done as much as they possibly can to protect themselves, they say. 67% that have maximum protection say, yeah, I'm really afraid of catching COVID. I'm afraid of Omicron. But the regular people that just have two doses, the fully vaxxed people, half of them are okay. I would love to see something like that broken down by age. Me too. And I say that because I feel like most people might assume those who are afraid with the booster would be older individuals. But I They have a right to be afraid. Sure. But from what I have seen and heard, I don't know if that's the case. I really don't. I think that there's a lot in that category from what I've seen that want to just get along with it and get going. Yeah. And I mean 65 plus when Uh, I say that. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because I was listening to an older podcast from like two weeks ago the other day and and I was listening to an audio clip from Christine Elliott and Doug Ford was in that one and they were talking about these uh, time limited targeted restrictions. And one of the things that occurred to me is we've restricted gyms, we've restricted schools, we've restricted restaurants, we've restricted hair salons, we've done all that. The only targeted restriction we haven't done is the most vulnerable. We haven't put a targeted restriction on the people that are most susceptible to COVID-19's bad outcomes. For the vast majority of young, healthy people, this is a very, very, very minimal risk. If you've been vaccinated... It's even more well, minimal. They'll argue it's about the spread more so than who who should be worried about it, right? It's about who's spreading it more so than those who could die from catching it. Let me read a little bit more of this survey. We're seeing what I call booster hesitancy as opposed to vaccine hesitancy, and it's shaping some of their attitudes. Their level of concern about COVID is a bit different from the boosted. The, de- the degree to which they're concerned about the vaccination is different, says Jack Jebois, president of the Association for Canadian Studies. For instance, 82% of boosted respondents say they support vaccine mandates at malls and retail stores. Amongst the people with two doses, it's almost 30% lower. Hmm. Yeah, It's the... So basically what this article is saying, and you're welcome to go and read it, interpret it however you will. What I take from this is that if you're one of the boosted folks, you're all in favor of shutting everybody down. You're all in favor of vax passports, vax mandates, vax, 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 vax. The people who are just two doses did their part, as Justin calls it, that stood up and did the right thing, as Justin calls it. They're okay with things as they are. They're not calling for mass man or for mandates. They're not calling for uh, more restrictions. The majority of them aren't. Mm-hmm. They just want to get on with life. And I don't blame anybody who wants to just get on with life. Yeah, that's interesting. I feel like if I took a tally around me, I would probably find similar results, to be honest with you. Well, I mean, if you're reading the room, which we've tried to get these politicians to try and do, that's really the way it seems. <laughs> it does. Uh, one more thing on on. COVID and and Justin and these protests this weekend, the Ottawa Police Department 
did a media availability yesterday, and, and they said a couple of things. Number one, they're ready for this weekend. They're working with the RCMP and the Parliamentary Protection Service okay. and, and so on and so forth. Good, That's good. good. We need all hands on deck because no matter what it is, it doesn't matter if it's a, a trucker convoy or Canada Day. Things happen at these things, and you need law enforcement there. And let it be clear, if you're going, if you're participating, um, they're not there to stop you from doing it. They're there to keep people safe in doing it. That's exactly right. And it's much needed. So if you run into a police officer, and we've heard of this before, when it comes to any protest, they're not there to stop you. They're there to keep the peace. That's what they're there for. And hopefully that's the only reason they're there, and it doesn't escalate into anything further. Ottawa's police chief, who's Toronto's former deputy chief, Peter Slowly, says he is working with the RCMP and intelligence bodies to prepare for protests against the COVID vaccine mandates. Slowly says, and this is a very important thing. Listen carefully here, everyone. Slowly says, Ottawa's police chief, convoy organizers have been very cooperative in telling police about their plans for the protest. Great. Deputy Chief Steve Bell says Ottawa police are also watching parallel groups. And they're preparing to join the tr- that are preparing to join the truckers as our counter protesters. He also indicated that they had a direct threat against law enforcement, not from the convoy people, not from the truckers who are going to protest the mandates from the counter protesters. Mm. We saw a lot of mass protests last summer. There was a ton of them. Sure. And we also saw counter protesters. We saw people that went in there to either fight with the people who were protesting lawfully or to try and egg them on. And I'm really afraid that's going to happen this weekend. But I do think that convoy organizers have done an exceptional job at preparing their people for that and saying, we're going to keep it peaceful. We're not even involving alcohol. If shit goes down, if somebody is an agitator in the crowd, point them out to law enforcement and make sure they're dealt mm-hmm. with because the truckers understand what we've been preaching now since we found out about this. It's bad news if this goes south. Absolutely. But, you know, the fact that there's threats coming in from the counter protesters, like right to police, makes me think that if shit does go south this weekend, it's not the convoy. And I, I, I'd i sure. like people to understand going into this that there's a high potential here for this to go south. And I do not want that to happen. I hope to God that doesn't happen. But if it does, let's find out what actually happened here. Because it seems like it's the counter protesters, the ones that want to protest the protest, that are going in to start shit up. Can you remind me, is there a specific time on Saturday that this is that they're going to reach it or is it just when they arrive there i know it's going to take a long time for everyone to even come close to arriving and some won't even some won't even hit city limits i think if it's going to be as crazy as they say but there's no time they don't I, say like in, in the morning I in think the it's, afternoon i think it's noon but okay. i mean there's yeah, yeah. so many logistics here for example the company that's setting up the staging for the speakers and stuff like that the stage is being brought in from toronto it's actually a friend of mine that's working on this project i don't know how they're going to get the stage to ottawa Unless it's the like roads are going to be early. completely clogged. Yeah, it's got to like they got to get there today <laughs> if you want any any chance. Have you seen? And it was great out west. There were hundreds and hundreds of people at every stop, waving flags, cheering them on. There was fireworks going off in northern Ontario last wow. night as they rolled through. Somebody said it took almost two hours for the entire convoy, start to finish, to get through their town. Oh my goodness! There's so many trucks. Keep it peaceful. You have a right to protest peacefully, Mm -hmm. but you must respect law enforcement, property, and when it comes to 
time to end the protest. I really hope you'll take heart take that to heart because there's other people here who don't have a dog in this. Well, I shouldn't say they don't have a dog in this fight. There's regular people who just live and work in Ottawa and they've got shit to do. They've got daycare to pick up uh, to pick up their kids. They've got to do grocery shopping, whatever. Uh, we want to make this as minimally disruptive as possible. If you're one of the organizers, no. you should be sensitive to that. Absolutely. Just don't make people scared to leave their homes. Right. Let's put it that way, right? It's a great way to put it, Kat. Uh, again, I'm wishing all of you a, a safe and happy protest, a peaceful pro- protest. Uh, make your point, but again, be respectful of the, the what you have to be respectful of. And that starts with law enforcement and private and public property. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. There's one other thing I wanted to talk about with this shit, and I can't even remember what it was. I already did the stats and stuff, so you guys can take from it what you will. Um, I'm not going to be here tomorrow. It's a very exciting day. I finally get my new house. You get your house. You're moving out of mama. Is mama crying? Mama's crying today. Is that what she's spending her day doing today? I don't think she'll cry in front of me. I'm sure she's crying like crazy right now, though, knowing I'm leaving. That's exciting, though. You get to move into your new house, and you will... Are you going to say where you're moving to? I don't even know if you have yet. I don't think I have. It's hard to... Yeah, because I'm not sure if you did on air or not. Do you want to disclose this information? Yeah, I don't mind. I'll uh, See, I've had roots in different cities for long periods of time. I grew up in Cambridge, Ontario, and I lived in a combination of Campbellville and Milton, Ontario for well over 20 years. The thing about that is I, uh, I moved to Milton when Milton was still a very small town, and I got the fact that it was absolutely close to nowhere. But it was central to everywhere. And in radio, you kind of got to be flexible. You got to be ready to pick up and move somewhere. Sure. And I thought Milton was the place to be. So I've done another move that's similar to Milton. Uh, I'll be moving to Burlington, Ontario. Beautiful Burlington. I like Burlington. I got some relatives in Burlington. It's a great city. It really is. And uh, once I get there, we're going to make some changes for the better. But after that, then I think everybody will enjoy the city even more. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure that they will. How long to your mayor of Burlington? Well, you know, we've got a mayor there, Marianne, <laughs> and and I'm sure she's a lovely lady. I've never met Marianne, but I, I'm sure I mean, she's when great. When her run is done, you know. Well, you know, they do need a new member of parliament. They need a new member of parliament. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Right. Uh, their member of provincial parliament, though, is, is quite good. So I'm happy with that. Let's talk here quickly about Neil Young. That was the other thing I wanted to mention. <laughs> The guy who brought you Keep On Rocket in the Free World. Not even his best song. Wants censorship. And he's willing to give you an ultimatum, Spotify. This started a couple of days ago. He has, I'm not even sure who, to be honest with you, I don't even know who caught wind of this and how many people go on Neil Young's official website. 
But somebody caught wind of the fact that he wrote an open letter to Spotify. His music was on the platform and he's not a fan of of Joe Rogan, um, the guest that Joe Rogan brings on in a lot of cases. And um, says that he believes Joe Rogan is spewing out misinformation when it comes to COVID-19. He doesn't like it. So he basically put out an ultimatum. And, and in putting this ultimatum out, I don't truly believe Neil Young thought he would be picked over Joe Rogan unless he really doesn't know what's... Ha- unless he's really out of touch, Scott, which is possible. But it, he said, basically, it's either my music on your platform or you can keep Joe Rogan experience. Uh-huh. The Joe Rogan experience is like the number one podcast, like period, the end. He gets 11 million downloads. Neil Young songs? Uh, I think he's at like, I don't even know. I saw a stat. I couldn't even tell you what the stat is. Neil Young's great. I love Neil Young music. Honestly, I'm an old soul when it comes to some music. And Neil Young is one of those artists I really do enjoy from back in the day. I mean, but that said, obviously, I think we know what would end up happening. And and kudos to Spotify. They didn't make they didn't make a stink about it. No, they were professional the whole way through. One hundred percent. His management team as well. Keep in mind, his label takes a hit on this if it does take a hit at all. But it it takes a hit on this because he had to actually contact them and say this is what's happening. And the label makes coins off of your music on there too. So they had to agree to it. He says that they've been very good about it. But Spotify, of course, at the end of the day, said thank you, Neil, for allowing our your music on our platform. Appreciate it. It's gone. It's done. So Neil Young's music is off the platform. I uh, I don't begrudge anybody taking a stand for something they agree with. I mean, sure. hell, I'm I'm happy for the truckers. They're going to stand up for something they believe in. When it comes to Neil Young, Neil Young is again being very very arbitrary in a situation that's not black and white. Can we be honest for a minute? Neil Young wants Joe Rogan taken off. Because he says Joe Rogan is spreading misinformation. Frankly, I don't know how anyone can say right now what the correct information is. But hang on a sec. I should, we should back up for a second. Because I think what bothers me about the story the most isn't the fact that the story is out and people are talking about Neil Young. It's that a week previous to this, if I'm not mistaken, maybe it's a little bit longer, maybe it's shorter. Over 200 medical professionals in their field wrote an open letter Signed, signed on saying that Spotify should remove his podcast for those exact same reasons. And we're talking about people in the medical profession. So I don't want to make paint Neil Young to be this guy who's just a kook because he's doing it after this. But for some, for whatever reason, because we just nom, nom, nom on that entertainment side of things, we're, we're giving this all the attention. But there were over 200 signatures previous to this that didn't get as much attention from people in the medical field. I'm not saying one thing or the other. I think that it's Joe Rogan is Joe Rogan. You can listen to the podcast. Some people listen to it and fucking disagree with him. Hate him, in fact. But they'll still listen to him. And that's probably the reason why Spotify hangs on to it. It's an opinion in in a lot of cases, his opinion. He'll bring doctors on that he thinks will have his opinion more so. That's really the way it works. I don't listen to Joe's podcast because by the time I do a four-hour radio show and then an hour podcast ourselves, I don't really have a whole lot of time to listen to much more in a day. But I'm, I'm familiar with certain things, and I've certainly watched certain clips, and I just don't know how those 200 doctors, which, by the way, I'm sure we could find 200 doctors in Ontario that would agree with those 200 doctors in America. There's, there's certain people that stick to a certain narrative that vaccines are our way out of this, and they think that if you, or they'll tell you, if you get the shot, this is it. 
but you never get the full story from those people. And this is part of the problem with the debate being shut down on this. When these vaccines came out and it was like this miracle coming over the mountain, okay, fine, hey, we're here. And a lot of people did it just so that they could be confident, okay, I do this, we go back to normal, everybody should do this. But we've learned a lot. We've learned from the CDC that vaccines don't stop the transmission. They don't. And you're not seeing doctors out there saying that. I've never once heard Doug Ford say that. I've never heard Dr. Kieran Moore say that. I've never heard Dr. Teresa Tam or Justin Trudeau say that. But we all have a television or access to the internet. On CNN, the CDC came out and said the vaccines are working great, but they don't stop transmission. But what about uh, all the fully vaccinated people who get the breakthrough infection? Can they pass it on? Could they pass it on to their children? Could they pass the virus on to older people, especially more vulnerable people with the underlying health conditions? And that's exactly the point that we made in our guidance. So, yes, they can with the Delta variant. And that was the reason that we changed our guidance last Tuesday. Um, Our vaccines are working exceptionally well. They continue to work well for Delta with regard to severe illness and death. They prevent it. But what they can't do anymore is prevent transmission. Okay, well, that being the case, the vax passports are out the window. That was the whole point of it is to separate the vax from the unvax. When you take the vaccine, you, you need to know that you're doing it for you. You're doing that for your health, and, and I don't want to get it twisted. I'm fully vaccinated, and I encourage everyone to get their shots. But if you're doing it to protect the ones you love, which was the original narrative, do this so you don't get your grandparents sick. We know that that's not necessarily the case anymore. Maybe it helps minimize transmission, but if you're fully vaxxed, you can still spread the virus. Especially if, you, if there is a breakthrough case, uh, you get COVID, you're fully vaccinated, but you are totally asymptomatic, you could still pass on the virus to someone else. Is that right? That's exactly right. And that's where our masking recommendation came from. Joe points stuff like that out. And I don't know why the doctors won't allow that fact to get out. But he's talked about that. Joe's talked about how unfair some of these lockdowns and mandates are because of the collateral damage on mental health, on business, on the economy, on so many other things. Mm -hmm. You never hear a doctor talk about that. You'll never once see Dr. Dr. Uni out there saying that the businesses really need to, or that COVID needs to take a seat here because we've got to get people back to work and we've got a real mental health crisis going. And they've almost put people in a situation where if you dare say something like that, you're going to get shamed. And stuff like that is part of the reason that this protest this weekend has got the kind of support it does. Because there's people who feel like they don't have a voice. They've been silenced. They know that there's other information out there that they're not allowed to hear or that the people that are giving us the official information aren't saying. But they know it's out there. There's a lot of fully vaccinated people in the hospital. And I know proportionately it's a small number because of the percentage of vaxxed versus unvaxxed. But there's still a lot of people in hospital. I mean, it's not just a breakthrough case here and there. Right. Well, whatever whatever way you slice it, the, the podcast is there if people want to listen to it. And, it. and you don't if you don't. And I don't know. That's that's the way I see it anyway. But Well, for Neil Young to try uh, to put an ultimatum out there, I assume he was ready for the possibility that Spotify may say, okay, oh. fine, you're out. Oh, God, I hope he knew it was more than a possibility. I mean, that would never happen. But he'll keep on searching for a heart of gold. But why are <laughs> Why are people so hellbent on shutting up opinions they disagree with? 
I mean, you can't say Ness. I, I, I don't. I haven't heard all of Joe's shows. I, I haven't. But he, from what I've heard, he's he's just he's been corrected though on his own show. He's been corrected, so we, there's that, and he'll continue to air those, no problem. So and we've been corrected too. We had Ryan Imgren come on one time and explain to us why we were wrong about the amount of people that are fully vaxxed in hospital. And he said, if you look at it as a percentage with 90 percent vaccinated, 200 or 2,000 people in the hospital is not a high number. 200 people in the hospital out of 10% of the population, that is a high number. So yeah, I totally understand that. And I'm open to it. If I'm wrong, by all means, you can correct us. But so far, I just don't understand this. Shut them down if you disagree with them or if it doesn't fit the narrative. This whole pretend there's no supply chain issue. Tell people that their eyes are lying to them, that they're crazy. There's no supply chain issue. Of course there's a supply chain issue, guys. How can you say that? It's a total don't look up move. Don't go to the grocery store and there won't be a grocery shortage. And that that is the part of, because I didn't hear all of Trudeau yesterday, I'll be honest with you. So I'm glad you played that for us. Thank you, because I missed that portion. But but the portion that I did hear was him letting people know that the shortages are mainly to do with COVID-19 itself and and nothing else. Not the truckers coming in and out. There's a lot of truck drivers that that are working, that are doing their thing. And we're so appreciative of them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, kind of thing was his spiel. And yeah, when I look at some some stores, and I haven't been out and about in the last like week, I'll be honest, but when I do go out, I, I, I see that a little bit. I do see those empty shelves here and there. I don't see it being chaos now, but some people are ringing a bell for in the next couple of weeks. I mean, we'll see. Weddings on a weekday. Not a fan. I don't know who would be. But yeah. maybe there's a way we can do this. Unless it's an all, unless we're talking about a vacation destination wedding. Oh, sure. Then it doesn't matter. Mine you get married was, on a Tuesday mine morning Mine was on if a Tuesday. Want. I think was it, it was. Well, yeah, it was uh, whatever the, yeah, because I wanted to keep my anniversary date. Is it Tuesday or a Thursday? I don't remember now. Wow. That's what it's well, come to. I remember to. the day. I remember it's October 28th. <laughs> I just don't remember if that happened to fall on a Tuesday or a Thursday the year I got married. That's all. It's Vegas, baby. You never remember. The Knot, it's a wedding site. Uh, did They collected up some wedding planners and they talked about what's going to be happening this upcoming season. And they say that because there's such a backlog in the amount of people yeah. that wanted to get married but had to postpone, that means that there's not enough premium venues to go around. Because there's only sure. 52 weekends in a year. Yeah. There's a competition right now, right? Sure there is. Sure there is. And maybe you want to have your wedding at your favorite banquet hall. Uh, <laughs> maybe it's not available. So they're saying this year, 2022, is going to be somewhat unique. Maybe even trend setting. About 10% of the weddings that take place this year will happen on weekdays. Monday to Thursday. Don't invite me to those ones. Don't invite me either. (laughs) Well, I think people generally know don't invite me anyway. Unless it falls like, unless it's an evening that happens to fall the day before holiday. Like um, July 1st, for example. Let's say you're going to get married the the day before July 1st or I I wouldn't even say on July 1st if the next day is a weekday. I'm just, I'm pretty particular that way. I will maybe, if if it's a good friend or family member, perhaps I'll show up to a portion of it, but I'm not treating it like a full-fledged Saturday affair. Hmm. So in this case, weddings are long. They're too long. I almost wish we could find a way to compact them up and just take up an evening instead of your entire day. There's many people who will go and they'll have that 1 or 2 or 3 p.m. ceremony and then everybody just fuck off for a couple hours. We're going to go take some pictures and stuff and have a great time. And then you can come and shower us with gifts and and have our banquet and listen to our parents talk about how great we are. (laughs) 
<laughs> but if you do that, I mean, by the time you get up and start getting ready and you go, maybe you have to drop off your kids at a sitter or whatever. We're talking like a 9, 10 a.m. until 1 o'clock in the morning day. Yep. yep. Very much so. I think weddings would be so much better. And we could do more of them on weekdays if it was this simple. The wedding is at 6 o'clock. Dinner's at 7. We're going to get married and then go right into it. Wouldn't that be cool? It would be. People are too traditional. There's people who are, I shouldn't say everybody, because I know that people are starting to break free of that. But those traditional people, no seeing the, the, the groom or the bride, whatever the case may be, don't see your partner before the wedding. Right? Isn't that it's a bad tr- luck, they it's say. It's bad luck. So that's the reason why you don't have a lot of photos before the wedding. But I know a couple that did that, that did the full photos before the wedding. Great. And then they had the wedding for that exact reason, so that they could jump right into the cocktail reception. I personally appreciated that very much so. So I like it. But those traditionalists will tell you, I don't want to see my partner before the wedding. So that's the reason why they can't do their photos. And you can't be sweaty and gross after the reception taking photos. Nobody wants that. So I think that's one of the main reasons why they do that break in between. But a shorter break is possible. Those photographers are wonderful. They're magical. But the bigger your bridal party is the problem is the longer it takes to do those fucking photos. Like when you got like 10 bridesmaids and 10 groomsmen or whatever. And well, then let's you got, do an individual shot. Let's get you and you together. And then you and you and you together. Mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, let's, the nieces and nephews. It takes forever. And like I said, there's photographers that make it work like quick. And I love that. And I appreciate that. I, yeah, I, I hear you on that. But I feel like in some cases, people are too afraid to break those traditions. Well, here's my advice to you. I totally understand. If you want your wedding to be at uh, the doctor's house in Kleinberg, beautiful and you're gonna only be able to do it if you agree to get married on a monday night and it's cheaper that way i assume as well i would hope so i would think if if you get a saturday date you're gonna pay a premium price monday's not a premium day so you shouldn't pay a premium price but if you're gonna do that i i urge you in fact i beg you if you're gonna invite me can we please get on with this have your wedding at six o'clock cocktail reception at 6 30 reception starts at seven let's get her done We don't need to do this whole be here at one for the ceremony and then kill some time for five hours. And then you show up for the receiving line and you're already drunk because the only place you could go was to a bar. Can we nix the receiving lines too? I never liked those. We don't need to do those. Blame it on COVID. You know what? Just give us the money. Here, tell you what. We're just going to leave a box there when you walk into the hall and throw your envelope in there and have a seat. That's all we have to do. You don't need to see us at a receiving line. You know us because you're here. We don't need to meet you again. Not a fan. I don't like it either. And I don't want to shit on anybody's wedding. If that's what you're doing, You've fine. Never been a I'm fan just trying of weddings. to No, I know. I'm just trying to speed this process along and, and help out my fellow other wedding detractors. One other thing I'll mention for those weddings, if let's say you are very set on that location, like Scott mentioned, and it has to be for you, and that's the one you guys gotta get married at because you're parents got married at it too or it's an emotional connection to, I don't give a shit maybe it's the location period that you think this is the best do an early early bird survey to the people that are going to go if we did it on a Tuesday would you be willing to A. come B. you know maybe consider taking the next day off so that you can really relax because that's my problem is I can't fully relax if I know I have to be up early the next day I'm the same way and we've been to countless galas you know doing what we do for a living award shows functions they always happen either on a weekday maybe it's a Sunday night whatever it might be where we have to get up 
at stupid o'clock. Mm-hmm. And anybody gets up early, it sucks, right? And, and the people who have to get up at six or seven, fine. Like nobody wants to do that when they really are just trying to relax and have a good time. I hate looking at my watch or my cell phone the entire evening going, oh, fuck, I got to leave some shit. I got to leave how many, how many hours of sleep calculating in your mind how many hours of sleep you're going to get if you leave at that exact moment. Nobody wants to do that. So maybe to avoid that, you could get an early survey. It's like, you know what? Yeah, I would take that day off and I'll plan in advance for that. A new study looks at sex health throughout the world by analyzing international Google searches for things like sexual wellness, pornography, masturbation, sex-related products, OnlyFans accounts, STI testing, that sort of thing. Oh, that's a wide range. And they broke it down in a lot of different ways. And after crunching the numbers, they say the USA ranks as number one in the sexual wellness category. Australia second, followed by the UK, Germany, Canada, right ahead of Italy, France, Spain, the Netherlands, and Russia. Ooh. They broke it down by city. London is the sexiest city, followed by Melbourne, New York, LA, Houston, Chicago, Perth, Sydney, Toronto, and Adelaide, Australia. How how is how does sexy work there? Because are we talking about a good balance between like um like watching pornography, masturbation, sex like is there like a balance between that and like you you mentioned STIs all of a sudden like where are we at here? How do they pro- possibly figure this out these are people that are taking an active interest in their love life and and whether they're watching uh, a porn or or masturbation or ordering or whatever, condoms online ordering condoms, or some whatever shit the, however they do it. okay uh, okay well let me give you a few more stats from this they say the uk is the masturbation capital of the world <laughs> congrats imagine that the country that invented the word wanker is the masturbation capital of the world australia pulling it almost as much followed by Ireland, Portugal, and Italy. America and Canada didn't even make the top 10 for masturbation. Not even well, in the top 10. what do you have to say for yourself, everybody? You better get working. Work a little harder, won't you? time we started getting some respect here in Canada. The U.S. has the most OnlyFans accounts by far, three times more than the U.K., which ranked number two. But what about the sex toys? That's involved in the masturbation. They say the U.S. orders the second highest amount of sex toys per capita in the world. Hmm. One guess as to who number one is. Romania. You didn't oh, even- I would not even. No, I would have not even come close to that. I was about to say, I don't know. I was like, I don't know, somewhere in Asia. Like, if you gave know. me 100 guesses, I wouldn't have guessed Romania. No, Romania wouldn't have popped up. Apparently, the Irish order a lot of sex toys. Okay. They were third, followed by the UK and Canada cracks the top five. Oh, look at us go. We have a lot of great sex shops and things here. I mean, m- mind you, people mostly just go to like, I don't know. Where, where do they go to get their sex toys? Here? You would think locally, but that's not always the case. Amazon. Amazon, well, right? Uh, Wait a minute. Shop. Well has sex toys? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I know. I know somebody who works there. and They ship a decent amount of them. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Boy, that would suck if that got stuck well, in the supply chain, eh? <laughs> ah, fuck. I've been so horny for a week and my new rabbit vibrator hasn't arrived yet. Well, it's local. I mean, if you're going to shop for a dildo, you might as well support local. Yeah. Uh, the top trending sexual wellness products, they say, are vibrators followed by candles. 
They count candles? Is it a sexy candle? I'm a fucking raging. I have a raging problem. What what do you sit on it? How does that work? Do you have to blow it out first? Are you dipping the wax on someone? What is that? Oh, maybe it's for the wax. I don't know. I mean, it's romantic. Don't get me wrong. But I think like sex and romantic, although it could be together, it's also can be separated. No. You got to be careful with the wax. I'm sure everybody has tried it at one point. Maybe they Son saw of a fuck. It. Yeah, it fucking burns. Like I it's a dumb idea. Like if you've never tried oh, yeah. the hot wax thing, I'm here to tell you it's fucking dumb. Don't. It it hurts. It burns. Yeah, it burns. And it's such a pain in the ass to get the wax off of everything that it's no point. Some people like hurt though. I uh, it's you true actually. I never thought of that. Uh latex-free condoms, lube, massage oil, aphrodisiac scents, massagers, and elixir oils. See, I didn't realize that was in the category. Like, I would be those one are all of those... part of sexual wellness. See, and I would be part of those categories. I order essential oils all the time. I order candles all the time. Boom. Do they turn you on? I mean, no. I, I do it just because it makes my home feel cozy and warm. I, maybe it does that turn you on? <laughs> Actually, you know what? Maybe this is the maybe. most I've ever asked Cat about what turns her on <laughs> in all the years I've known her. And generally, I don't fucking want to know. <laughs> yeah, but that feeling, right, of like, and, and, the, and the look of it too. Like, especially this time of year, right, when it's cold outside and inside is cozy and you got candles going and you got your diffuser going and your essential oils, that could lead to fucking, I could see it. Can it lead to just, you know, I'm going to undo my pants here and have myself a good time. Does it lead to that too? I don't know if you set the, do people set the mood for themselves? Does any, that's a question. I actually, I will ask the question. Do people set the mood for themselves? Like, or, I'm or not talking about like, watching porn. I'm it, not talking about that. The atmosphere. Oh, you mean like really dress it up? Mood lighting, yeah. candle, diffuser, the whole nine yards? Yeah. Or do you just like grip it and rip it? Yeah. Like how, I don't know how girls do grip it. Grip it and rip it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a golf term that also okay. applies for, for pulling it. Uh, <laughs> speaking of which... <laughs> When I looked through the report, there's a couple of sex toys here, and I didn't look them up intentionally, but I'm going to give you guys some homework after nine people. Do you mean that because you're on the work computer, by the way? Yeah, I can't. Not? Of course It won't not. even no, let me click. We'll them. get, yeah, we'll, yeah, that'll flag his account again, and then we got to go to that, a meeting again. They're going to make me take that goddamn course I again. I know, I know. You don't want to do I that. found the course offensive. <laughs> not what I did was offensive. The course itself was offensive. But in any case, the some of the best-selling Sex toys out there are the rechargeable rabbit. Obviously, a rabbit is included. I would think so. Cl- classic it's, choice. Seems very popular. The surfer. The surfer. What do you think the surfer is? The sexy surfer. The surfer. Is that that little tongue thingy that girls buy and it, it just no, licks like them? No, that's like the suction cupper guy. And there's no, there's one that's just like a tongue and it kind of looks like a surfboard. You know more than I do about that. I don't know. I don't have I assume one. Maybe, I'm I would assume maybe the surfer is like a waterproof. Or maybe they're all waterproof. I don't know. But maybe the surfer is like a waterproof, like fun in the tub one. That's the best guess I got. I wonder how many people are Googling it right now listening it, to this podcast. Do it. Do it. The surfer. There's also the tennis pro. The tennis pro. The tennis pro sex toy. I... You know what? Hang on. Let me just disconnect from the Wi-Fi. Like I, I guess they can't figure it out if I. Nah, they won't. They'll know. And also, they'll just know it's Scott. Um, the te- the racket. They should just know at this point, right? <laughs> Does it look like a racket? I'm curious. 
Or is it because it's all in the wrist? Like, is that the only reason why they call it that? Well, that's an interesting theory, Kat. Uh, I'm looking it up right now. Oh. Does it come with a tennis ball? It's in the high-end sex toys category on Lilo. High-end? That's what they call it. How much is that puppy? Hang on. Well, just fucking calm I- down. <laughs> take a cold shower and give me a second to fucking figure it out. It's not a very good signal. Endorsed by who? who? Who's the endorser on that Novak Djokovic back again? <laughs> I'm trying to find the tennis pro, but there's a lot of products on the high-end page. Uh, beads are on sale if you're interested, by the way. No. Uh, I don't know why I thought you might be, but I figured I should flag that for you. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate it. I, I can't find the, the tennis pro on here. What is it? The tennis pro. Yeah, I don't know what it does, but there's also the afternoon delight bullet. Oh, okay. Everybody knows Do, what a bullet is, Only right? in the afternoon can you use it. Yeah, it, it shuts itself off at five. <laughs> it's only used between the hours of 12 and like at five o'clock. This one is called the firefighter. Oh, big old hose. It's for all the hose. That's why. Oh, hang on. I might have found this one. It's into the smile makers category. The firefighter. Smile makers. The smile makers. What a great name, right? That's great. That's what we should have called the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Fireman vibrator. What do you, uh, sorry. What do you think that does? (laughs) Watch out. Whoa. Oh, I see why it's called the fire. I see why it's called the fire fireman fire vibrator because it looks like a flame. Like at the tip, it looks like a flame. What do you do with that? You probably shove it up your vatch or, or that's, butt that's or pretty, whatever you're pretty, into. The, oh, maybe you place it against there. I don't know. Depends on the motion. It just vibrates. I does assume it, it so. Flap? I didn't fucking invent it. <laughs> it I don't like know a, why you're asking me these things. It looks like a spatula that'll just like flap. <laughs> It looks like it looks like a flame-shaped spatula. <laughs> All right, let me. It's very intimidating. I don't like that. The surfer sex toy. Fuck! I hope Bell can't see my stuff here either. I don't want anyone to go through my. <laughs> okay, hang on. Uh, I'm looking up the surfer smile maker. Oh, that is not what I was expecting. It's only twenty eight dollars. Oh. Clitoral stimulator with three speeds and one pulsation mode. Silent and discreet, made from smooth silicone, 100% waterproof to enjoy in the bath or shower. Turn the water off, by the way, before See? you... Hey, I did it. That's what I thought. I thought it had something to do with the water. It's waterproof. Aren't they all waterproof? I don't know. That's what I thought, too. I don't know. I don't know. What would you do with that? Where does that go? That, I wish people could see the face you're making right I, now. Like... <laughs> when you, you know where it would go. Why are you asking where it would go? Well, you know what it's for. Well, some things are for the butt and some things aren't. I think that anything can be for the butt if you make it. Not if you follow the instructions. <laughs> you think it says for butt use only or anything else use only? It just calls it a personal massager. I just can't figure out why they call it the surfer. And you know what? Look at it. It's not even that big. No, it's a pocket guy. Is it a pocket guy? I don't know. It I looks like know. a pocket guy. I don't know. Unless that person has really big hands. Or a really small dick. Yeah, that's a weird one. I don't even know what that thing does. All right, guys. Well, you know what? I mean, I'm not your teacher. You do your own fucking research. That's right. Go ahead. Enjoy. Now you have your homework for the weekend. Go ahead. And you know what? If you see something you like, surprise your partner. Order that puppy up. It'll come in your nice discreet packaging, and you can just leave it on the table and say, hey, a package came for you. 
and they'll know what it is. Oh, yeah. We got to go, guys. Uh, I'm not here tomorrow. I don't even know what your plans are. Are you going to do uh, anything here tomorrow? Are you going to do a pod or what? Uh, no, I was talking to Dave on that, and uh, I will not be doing that because I'm also not going to be here. Oh. <laughs> We're taking a long weekend, guys. But uh, uh, the nice thing here, though, is I will be moved into my new place. And my studio will be back and I'll have the ability to work from anywhere in the world again once that hub is set up. So there's really no excuse to not have 365 podcasts out in the next 365 days. Except for the fact that I have vacation and I will not be doing that. But aside from that. Yeah, we have a shit ton of vacation time, guys. I'm just talking about the summer, though. Everybody else takes vacation then, too, right? We are out. We will see you Monday. One last time, please, please, please. Keep it calm, keep it peaceful, keep it respectful, but uh, have a good time if you're going to the protest this weekend. And if you're out on the overpasses cheering on the truckers as the convoy is going through your town, please don't block any emergency routes. Uh, The truckers are working with police to make sure ambulances and fire trucks and police cars can get through. And you should make sure you stay out of the way of emergency vehicles as well. And dress warm. Yeah, it's going to be shitty cold outside this weekend. No matter what, dress warm. Bye, guys. A bipartisan group of senators just announced legislation to make the U.S. more prepared for a pandemic. Wow, great timing. (laughs) Next week, they're going to come up with a plan to fight this Y2K thing I keep hearing about. The Winter Olympics are, uh, I guess, coming. I don't know. They're happening in Beijing next month. COVID or not, there will be no spectators. And now Olympic officials are warning athletes to avoid handshakes, high fives, or hugs while they're over there. But they're still planning to hand out condoms, which is confusing. (laughs) What about people who like to high five after sex? Free condoms to athletes. I'm pretty excited to find out what that event is. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy.